We are all born with a purpose, yet identifying what that is can be very challenging. It can be even more challenging to find purpose in your business. So, is it possible to find purpose in your business and make profit at the same time? Not only is it possible, but a business led by purpose can be even more profitable than one that is simply led by profit. Join Robert Fukui as he explores how to be purpose-led and profitable while making a positive impact in your community. All right. Good Monday morning. This is Robert Fukui, your host of the Purpose and Profitability podcast, where we believe that having a profitable purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. Good Monday morning and welcome back to our podcast and our Facebook Live, depending on how you're you're uh, viewing this or what, listening to this. And I'm here again with my special guest, Alan Gray. He's a returning guest uh, only, what, two weeks ago, I think, two, three weeks ago. <laughs> you're on, so right. you might be setting the record for the fastest returning guest. <laughs> um, so we are going to talk today about uh, the title of today's, God, man, I haven't had a problem talking today. <laughs> but we're going to try to have a conversation about today. It was around the topic of pleasing everyone or pleasing no one. And so as business owners, we tend to live by the motto, the customer is always right. We'll bend over backwards for our customers and make sure they have a positive, positive experience. So they return and hopefully they tell their friends and family. Well, this is a good rule of thumb, but there may be times where you may need to fire your customer or maybe just say no. Um, sometimes if you say yes to one customer, it may have negative effects on at least two others. So by trying to please everyone, you may in fact be pleasing no one. The key is to please the right customer. So this is going to be an interesting conversation. This kind of started with um, when I was interviewing Alan last time when we talked about the pivot. And we kind of started going off on this tangent a little bit. And then I think I said actually on during the interview, is like, well, maybe this is another topic. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, okay, well, let's make it another topic. So welcome back, Alan. Thanks for being with me again. Well, it is a pleasure to be with you. Uh, last time was, was great and uh, looking forward to this. I, I think it is um, a, a natural, um, organic lead-in uh, to, to a subject from, from the last time we were together. Yeah, because last time we were talking about the power of the pivot, and I got a lot of great responses uh, for that. And um, so really appreciate it. And of course, you know, I'm going through it myself and some of my clients have gone are going through it or have gone through it. Um, and that's such a, it's a powerful thing. And especially when you're pivoting an organization, a lot of times that's going to mean that you're going to have to give up or say no to certain other things in the business. And especially when it comes to customers, because, um, well, you I know, one client in particular that I have, and even for myself as um, my own consulting business were kind of pivoting. And so, which means there's a new, not really a fully new customer subset, but there's, as we're kind of, it's kind of becoming a narrow subset of customers that I've typically targeted, which means there's others that I'm potentially have to say no to in order for me to concentrate and say yes to the right, right kind of customers. And, and it, it comes with a little angst because, it's also money, right? right. <laughs> right. Opportunity right. to go help these uh, these certain um, certain types of businesses, but yet I know it's going to take away from my ability to do what I really feel we're supposed to do and what this new direction of our of our consulting business. So, I mean, that's just an example right there of having to process about 
do I say no to, yes to everybody or <laughs> am I going to have to start saying no here? Um, so, but there's so many things to this, you know, pleasing everybody or pleasing no one. <laughs> I think we're right. running this all the time. We're always trying to please people. I mean, you, especially since you're a pastor, <laughs> you have a church. <laughs> so I'm sure you feel the pressure yeah. about having to please everyone. Cause well, that's, isn't that what you're called to do? Well, you know, that is uh, the thought that, you know, the goal is uh, that you are just a, um, a one-way door uh, mm-hmm. that, that uh, folks are, are always able and open to come in uh, and you're supposed to take whomsoever will. Right. Um, and, and, and there's, you know, there's some truth to that. You know, we don't prejudge who comes in the door, okay. um, but I think that the, the challenge or the misnomer behind this, you know, just taking any and everyone um, where you have this one-way door is that many of us have lost sight of the fact that when you have um, that mindset, you're, you're not paying attention to all the people that are leaving out the back door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the idea of trying to please everyone is a, a false negative. It's, it's something that is absolutely positively not possible for us to do. Um, and, and I'm reminded, as, as, as we're kind of going through the subject, of, you know, Christ was really intentional about his time in the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, he gave his disciples um, specific instructions during their time, during his time with them. And, you know, just go to the children of Israel. You know, he sent them specifically to a particular people, specifically to a particular region. Of, they had a specific assignment during that time period. Um, and, and I think that that is something that we lost sight of, rather we're talking about the church or we're talking about our businesses. Who is your customer? You know, your customer is not everyone. You know, your, your member to your church is not everyone. Your ministry cannot serve mm-hmm. everyone. So um, when you fail to recognize, you know, who specifically um, is the best beneficiary during any particular season, um, you end up really not pleasing anyone. <laughs> yeah. you, you end up losing the ability to 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 retain um, to minister um, to to anyone when you attempt to please everyone. Yep. Yeah, and so you know, people may be wondering if they're just tuning in. Is that um, you know why am I um, interviewing a pastor here on a, on a business type <laughs> podcast, yeah. uh, Facebook Live? But you know, as I said last time when I interviewed you, that you know, pastors, you know, being pastors, like it's basically like running a business. Your your congregation yeah. is basically your customers, and you still have operational issues to deal with, whether or not people realize it or not. You know, I think a lot of pastors have a big eye opener when they established their first church is like, man, I got to take care of finances. I got to take care of <laughs> marketing. I got to right. take organization, leadership, management, the whole nine yards. And you, you list that out and it's like, it's exactly like a business operation. Um, it's just, well, that you know, and to, it's different. I, absolutely. And to that point, you know, I was an entrepreneur um, before I, you know, accepted the call to, to ministry full time and, 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 and starting our ministry and you to, to, the similarities between running a church or a ministry and running a business couldn't be any more um, similar um, with the difference. You know, when you start your own church and you, you have an average sized church, you know, everything is volunteer based. Everything is nonprofit. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we to the point of this particular podcast, you know, we're constantly working from um, a limited resource pool with a bunch of volunteers. Mm-hmm. So, so the idea of trying to please everyone is always 
um, at the forefront of what we do because, you know, we, we don't have the resources uh, to really hire like many traditional businesses do. So that means we have to work with a primary um, volunteer staff. Um, and when you're dealing with trying to motivate, inspire, encourage volunteers, um, the lean into pleasing people uh, is is even greater um, because you need to keep people happy, bodies. <laughs> you know, in, in order to keep things moving. Uh, so, but but that's also a trap in and of itself. Yep. You know, the, it, it's amazing how you can lose sight of what your your mission or your product is mm-hmm. when you're so busy trying to please people. Mm-hmm. You know, pleasing yep. people is a terrible both mission statement as well as profit statement, (laughs) you know, the the bottom line to the profit statement. um, If you're not really clear about who your customer is supposed to be, Mm -hmm. um, which means that you really have to start to consider, well, maybe it's not about pleasing um, everyone. It's about learning how to say no to many of the ones that come. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, every church has their own, just like a business has their own brand. You know, they have their own specific message. They have their own calling, causes, whatever that they're they they feel passionate about, and not everybody is is going to like those things, right? And so, too many times you have churches because they're trying to please everybody. They have very much of a diluted message or direction. Yeah. So I know for you, you're really big on the community and making an impact in the community, but being kind of more hands on, being active, right? So it's not just about preaching it, but it's about doing it. And so the people you want to attract are people that want to do that, want to roll up their sleeves and right. do that. So, you know, but uh, as you're, you start seeing, as you start to make that kind of shift and obviously put some, there's going to be some people in the congregation don't like it. Right. And what right. do you do? <laughs> right. Well, well you, you, you know, the, the example, the, the example that we have in, in ministry, which is, you know, it, it translates really well um, to, to business is that, you know, if, if you can't flow with the mission that we've got, then we move on. You know, uh, it was it was it was Jesus who said that you know no one who who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit. Um, so we we have to be willing to test the fitness of the people that we're working with, um, the customers that we're serving. Um, are you able to move this thing along? If you're not, then you know we have to be good with leaving people behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and recognize that it's not leaving them behind. It's giving them an invitation to go with us and they make the choice mm-hmm. on whether or not they're going to follow. Mm-hmm. And plus if, if they don't follow, they have to go to a place that, that, that fits them. That fits right? them. Absolutely. Because yep. you're, not everyone is called to your church and you're not called to reach everybody. So you're actually everyone doing them a favor right. by being very clear on your direction so that you can release them to go find somebody or a church that, that fits them. And it's just like a business. I'm like, look, right. I'm not for everybody, right? And not right. every retail, not every restaurant is suited for everybody, for everybody's tastes and needs. But when you're clear on your message and what you do and what you have to offer, that will allow the customer to then decide, is this for me or not? If not, then I can go find another business that really fits my needs. Otherwise, yeah. what happens is if they, the customer comes in, does business with you, and all of a sudden is dissatisfied because it wasn't what they thought, because they didn't know what they were really getting because you weren't even clear with your message and what your yeah. the kind, of, the kind of product or service that you're living in and for what, what specific type of demographic. 
you know, then you get a lot of upset customers because the customers thought they're getting something that they weren't because they weren't even clear um, based on your own marketing message. So, but if you're very clear, then that allows them to go find a product or service that best suits their needs. And so and it you condense know, all the, the stuff, all the upset customer stuff too. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, there's, there's, an, there's an opening line uh, that, that uh, many in ministry miss as they attempt to mimic what Jesus did. Uh, when, when the disciples, those who were his first customers, right, mm-hmm. uh, who would ultimately end up being the ones who would franchise his message, um, he, he went and he said uh, after, jo- after his baptism and John had, had, had promoted him, um, he, he, he turned to those who would be followers and said, what is it that you want? What are you looking for? And, and I think that that's a question that we don't ask enough, both of ourselves, mm-hmm. um, of our, our customers, and of those who we're in partnership with. Mm-hmm. You know, constantly checking to see what do you want mm-hmm. and, and evaluating whether or not we are able to f- satisfy or fulfill that need yeah. in the season that we're in. Right. Um, you know, kind of piggybacking on, you know, our last time together dealing with the pivot. You know, seasons change. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if we are going to, to, to continue to evolve and grow, then, then prayerfully, we will be different, you know, a year from now, five years from now, and et cetera. So we have to make sure that we're asking that question along the way, because who my customer was five years ago, who my member was five years ago, um, may be completely different than who they need to be today, not based off of them, but based off of the way that I've changed. Mm-hmm. based off of the way that I've grown, based off the things that I now know and am desiring to do. So that pivot that I do now requires me to go back and sort the fish. You know, I have to, you know, the net that I'm throwing out, I need to check and see if by chance I've got what I'm looking for, if I know what I'm looking for and I've got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, then I have to be willing, going back to the point you just made, the fish that I've caught or the other stuff that may have gotten caught in the net. That's not part of, yeah. of what I am now Front focused ends. on. I have to release <laughs> them into their destiny. I have to throw them back into the water. I have to give them the ability to find their place, but I have to be willing to ask, what do you want? What are you here for? Why are you following? Why are you coming? Why this product or this particular service? Do you even know what we have, what we're offering, or what it is, it is that we desire to, to serve you with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when the question the question you had earlier, the question you need to ask the customer is, you know, what do you need? What are you looking for? I mean, that's so important because, and then to be able to answer honestly, if you can't fulfill their needs, and it might yeah. be not that you can't fulfill the needs because that's not what you do, but maybe it's a timing because when you when you sit when you ask that question or you pose that question, it just reminded me of had um, a son of a client. Uh, just called me last week and had he had some concerns about the business because a lot of times um, it's kind of a rep- it's a repair business and so a lot sometimes customers come in the door and they have this emergency I need this thing fixed and so the the dad will try to squeeze them in because he wants to please them he goes oh I got this emergency and so what happens is they they fit that customer in and what happens is there's a domino effect of other customers yeah. that are in line yeah. that get pushed down, which means now they're behind in fixing these other uh, repairs, 
because right. they squeezed in this other customer. Then it's so-called emergency. And I'm thinking, well, aren't all your customers issues an emergency because they're repairs? All their stuff's broken. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming yeah. they all want it fixed. <laughs> so, right. And so sooner rather than later, too. Yeah, exactly. And so what happens is when you're just goes to the example of what I said earlier when we started this conversation is sometimes when you say yes to one, you're really displeasing a lot more of the people. So in this case, there's a whole domino effect of other customers that you just push down the line and then they get upset because it's not fixed in the time that you promised them. And then potentially, if it happens frequently enough, especially if it's a, it's a company that does business with you on a regular basis, in the case of um, this call I got, that they lost a pretty big client because it kept happening to them, they can push down and so the repairs weren't done in a timely manner. And so you got to think about sometimes these people please as people pleasers, we want to say yes to the person in front of us, but we got to think about the big picture and the ramifications of what does that do down the line for these other people. And we don't think yeah. about that. <laughs> so saying yes to one means, guess what, displeasing a lot of other people down the road. And that can really hurt your business and hurts your brand. Absolutely. A- absolutely. And, and, and in the church, it is no different. Yeah. You know, it, it really is. Um, if you don't know um, where you're going, then any place will do, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the reality is that we tend to put out more fires than we, we tend to actually build lives. And, and I think that it, it, un, unless you are a firefighter, then you have to know the difference between urgency and important. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be able to sort the difference uh, yeah. because to your example, everybody's looking for a repair, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so what makes this one more important than the other? You have to be able to distinguish, all right, well, who or what in your yes will help you move your mission? Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, if they're not helping you move your mission, um, if they're just a cog on the wheel, then, then you might want to just kind of reevaluate the way that you're going at it. Um, they're, they're, I, I think they're, I heard someone say that they were reading a book, The Year of Yes, and that scared the hell out of me. because coming out of the pivot um i recognized one of the 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 motivating factors for me needing to pivot was because i was saying yes to everything and in the process of saying yes to everything you lose yourself yeah yeah because all you're doing is putting out fires you're putting out people's urgent requests and Mm -hmm. you lose the importance of what it is that you offer Mm -hmm. and and you know my example being christ in scripture he always focused on the 12, regardless mm-hmm. of how the crowds move, the needs mm-hmm. of the masses mm-hmm. uh, may have presented themselves. He always kind of centered back to the 12, because when it was all said and done, it was the 12. It was his franchise partners, if you will, mm-hmm. that were really going to move it beyond him. When, when, when it was over for him, they were going to be the ones that moved it. So it was really important that his motions, his movements were always around, okay, how do I make sure that this concentrated group, this customer of 12 really understand the importance of what I'm doing because mm-hmm. in the concentration, then you have the ability to expand. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, I know for me, especially when it comes to church and you have this open door policy and trying to get everybody in, you know, you can dilute it to the degree that there really isn't anything of great power or worth in the masses because you haven't developed the concentrated. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You need to really know what your core is um, before you really start messing with the crowds. Um, and, and I think that that's been, been, been the challenge 
um, for the church universal. It's something that I'm dealing with now and, and having to make the pivots that we are. And I'm learning the power um, and the peace behind saying no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I've had to learn that, too, because, you know, I'll say yes to everything. And my wife's always like, another thing, you know, <laughs> and especially when it comes to volunteering and stuff like that. Um, right. And we have to know how to how to say no for the health of, well, one, you got to start with yourself. You know, I think if you're saying, like you're just sharing, as you're saying yes to everything, um, you just start to drive yourself nuts. I mean, there's so many things on your plate now and you're juggling. Um, and then the things that are truly important get pushed down the side. Just even with yeah. this business example I just gave. You know, I think the customer that was supposed to be next should be the most important one. But yeah. to fit somebody's emergency in, it pushes them down the side. And just in life in general, if I'm saying yes to everything, that means guess what? My wife, my wife gets pushed down the side. So we got to think right. about focus on the priorities, right? right? Figure out who is your who's that right customer that you're supposed to be saying yes to, and what are some of the things we just have to say no to, and be okay with it right. because you can't do everything. <laughs> you just can't it's, it, it's virtually impossible and so the more you say yes basically it starts to dilute your own um, ability to service your customer um, service your family I mean all, all the things that should be priorities you know the more you say yes to other things then that means you're saying no to other other things that are probably a lot of times are more important right and so understanding those priorities I think are huge and um even when you shared earlier about the disciples, I mean, I think as business owners, one of the things you have to make to do is really spend time with your staff and your team and just empower them to do the thing. Yeah. I think sometimes as business yeah. owners, because we're saying yes to a lot because we're trying to do everything and we can't, which means, hey, just empower your team. I mean, you've hired them, you've trained them, so let them do it and don't undermine yeah. what they're supposed to do. Absolutely. In the case of this, this, the son. I mean, he was supposed to be in charge of, you know, handling all the customer scheduling and all that, and then dad overrides that and undermines right. his authority. So that's not good. Right. So just understanding what is going on and saying, look, you've just pour yourself into your team and your staff and let them do it because that's what you train them to do. That's what you pay them to do, <laughs> and that'll take right. a lot of pressure off of you. <laughs> right. And and if it, when doing that right, that then in turn frees you to say yes to more things. Yeah, right. Exactly. That if if you do spend time by first saying no, mm -hmm. um, so that you can focus on the important things. Yeah. Um, and and even if you have to psychologically psych yourself out and say I'm saying no so that I can say yes, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that, that's, that's really what the goal is, mm -hmm. because it's not about changing the heart of the character of the person that wants to, to constantly say yes to everything. But the reality is that because we're not omnipresent, we're not omnipotent, we, we, we can't be everywhere and, mm -hmm. and to be everything, then it's really important for us to be really strategic about it. Mm -hmm. That, you know, I'm saying no now so that I can say yes later. If mm -hmm. I have a desire to be um, everything to everyone, you know, mm -hmm. whatever that might mean for some people then you have to be strategic about how you do it. What will it take for you to be able to say yes? Mm -hmm. You know, be, before, if we could just see lie, if we could just, every time we're asked something, just pause for a moment before we gave them a yes or a no and gave it 24 hours and said, okay, well, look, my answer right now is no, but I'm going to work on how I can say yes to you, right? Mm -hmm. 
Right. <laughs> I'm going to work on how I can say yes to you. Now, that may mean that I make an adjustment in the next 24 hours to be able to do so, or that may mean that I need to work on replacing myself over here for however long that might take so that I can come over there to where you are. Mm -hmm. But, but if you have this natural button on you that says yes to everything, <laughs> you know, guilty, yeah. then, then it's really important for you to kind of put your own disciplines in place yeah. um, so that what will it take for me to say yes? Yeah. So I start out with a no, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But it's, it's just a not now. It's, it's, right. it's, it's, right. a, it's not opportune. Right. It's yeah. not opportune for me to say yes right now, but I'm going to yeah. work on the opportunity so that I can say yes to you. But yeah. I got to start with a no because I got to think strategically about it, which will do just like you said. It'll teach me how it'll force me to develop the disciplines to pour into the people that I can be replaced by so mm -hmm. that I can say yes to you. Mm -hmm. But if I don't have that, if I don't say that, if they're not in place, there's no way I can say yes to you. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's good. I think that's a kind of a, a great way to to end this conversation is to you do have to in, in the beginning say and be intentional to say to think about okay, do I need to say no to this? So I can so, you know what is the big picture because um, I have to say no now so I can say yes to what are the big things or what are the priorities that I need to be able to to reserve myself to say yes to, um, and I think that's so important. And, and I've had to do the same thing. I've had to kind of process before I say yes I had to just like what you're saying is I just have to pause and go well let me get back to you <laughs> right and then I had to think about Best it Best line ever yeah and then I have to process and you know later on I think oh man no, there's no way I can do this or like okay if I do this then that means I have to say no or you know how do I rearrange my schedule to be able to do say yes to this right. if it's if I feel it's important and if it fits into what I'm called to do and you know my, my wife is she's She's that way. She'll her basic go-to is no. <laughs> but she doesn't say ex exactly no, but she'll say, "Oh, let me think about it. Or let me let me pray about it." Um, for me, when I was dating her, I knew quickly early on that that was code for I'm hoping you're going to forget, <laughs> and I won't have to answer you. <laughs> I'm going to wait you out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so now I call her out, and she goes, "I hate when you do that." <laughs> I go, "Okay, when are you going to get back to me? When are you going to be like, right. back to me?" Right. Because I'm putting a reminder on my calendar to come back and ask the question. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I, I know you're just hoping I just forget. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, actually, but I, I do learn from her too. It's like, look, I have to kind of say, okay, let me think about this. Um, yeah. If it's something I have to, you know, I know I need to think about, think through. But uh, anyways, Alan's great, great conversation. Any, any last thoughts um, about the pleasing everybody or pleasing no one uh, before we sign off here? Well, I, I would just say this. First of all, this was this was an awesome opportunity to just kind of think through the process um, that I'm going through right now. You know, that mm -hmm. coming out of or still dealing with the pivot um, and coming out of uh, this need to say yes to everything, thinking about what it takes in order for me to say yes. Um, and I think these last couple of moments um, have have both been um, illuminating. Um, and also convicting that uh, I, I really need, um, and I hope others that are, are plugging in um, can take this to heart. I, I really desire to say yes to everything. I really do. Mm -hmm. um, but I need to be able to create an opportunity so that I can. Mm -hmm. um, because if I don't, then I lose myself. Yeah. And I think that the, the pivots that um, are required in any business um, are, are, are tied to staying true to who you are in that particular season. 
you know, for you to be who you need to be. Um, you know, what turns, what pivots, what changes do you have to make? And, and that starts out by saying no to everything so mm-hmm. that you can reevaluate yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then start figuring out where are the opportunities for you to be able to say yes. Um, and, and then to, and working that plan yeah. um, and not being available to everyone. You can't be available to anyone if you're available to everyone. Right. It's just that yeah. simple. Um, so, so no is um, a powerful word in today's culture. <laughs> Um, and, and I hope that it starts with the individuals that are listening here on the line. Oh, thanks, Alan. So this is going to be like the kind of the opposite of Jim Carrey's movie, The Yes Man, when he always, all he Absolutely. did was say no. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so this has to Absolutely. be the reverse for you. Yes, people. Absolutely. You got to learn how to say no. <laughs> got to learn how to say no. Get a t-shirt. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So how, how can uh, people get in contact with you? You know, the, uh, right now, uh, we're in a pivot, so you can catch me right now on Facebook, Alan Gray, um, or on Instagram, Alan H. Gray, because uh, we're changing everything. So uh, most right. of the business and the ministry stuff is under wraps right now because we're, we're retooling. Um, so right. I'm excited about it, but cool. before too long, we'll be back out there in the main way. All right. Sounds great. Well, hey, thanks again for joining me and a uh, great conversation again. Uh, thanks, everyone, again, for listening to the Purpose and Profitability Podcast. If you have a business question or topic that you'd like to hear more about, email me directly at prosper at i61businessdevelopment.com. That's prosper at the letter I, the number 61businessdevelopment.com, or go to the Facebook page, Purpose and Profitability. And tune in again next week as I go live. So thanks again for listening. This is Robert Fukui. And remember, purpose plus profit equals transformation. God bless everyone. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit PurposeAndProfit.com.